Thanks for joining us for the weekend edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. shares a Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. In today's message, Pastor J.D. implores you to take the return of the Lord seriously. Live a life that reflects the fact that you believe His return is imminent and share the gospel with urgency. Shine your light in this dark world, which is getting darker by the minute. But also be so excited for the day the trumpet will sound and you're caught up in the clouds with Jesus. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on April 28, 2019. It was an attack on Christians. It was an attack on Christianity. Calling them Easter worshipers is a political ploy designed to tamp down realities of radical Islamic terror, targeting of Christians and Christianity. And by the way, these are true Muslims. They are being obedient to what the Quran commands them to do. I'm going to turn a corner and talk about something that I just violated. (laughs) If you're anything like me, and I would suspect that many of you are, you're just as prone as I am to react with anger. I mean, I always try to couch my anger in terms of righteous anger. It's a righteous anger. Yeah. Oftentimes we react with anger because we're full of fear. Think about that. The anger is the reaction because we're fearful. And fear can also lead to discouragement, which oftentimes can give way to despair. If this is an apt description for how you feel when I share what I just shared, or when you watch the news like I do every week and see on your news feed things as incredible as this, well, I have some good news. And I need to practice what I preach when I say this. But we need not react in any of these ways, in these the last days. I don't see anywhere in the scriptures where the Apostle Paul or the early church got angry at Rome, protested Rome. I mean, they were under Caesar. I mean, we're talking about a man that was so demon-possessed that he would cross-dress and ride around in his chariots 
with his homosexual lovers, and he would burn alive Christians by pouring this hot tar and wax on them and lighting them on fire and right around the chariots screaming, Where are you now, O light of the world? I'm speaking to myself. What was their response, these persecuted Christians in that day? I want to suggest three. And the Lord has ministered these truths to me and encouraged my heart in a powerful way. He's kept me in check. I have to, again, confess that when I find myself just getting angry, and how could you say such a thing? I'm reminded of these three truths. The first is to be patient. The second, be encouraged. And the third, and this is the one I want to spend just a little bit of time on, be godly. Let's start with be patient. James chapter 5, beginning in verse 7. Therefore be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain? You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brethren, lest you be condemned. That's interesting, isn't it, that it almost seems out of place. He's talking about being patient until the Lord comes back, and then he says, by the way, stop grumbling against each other. Stop backbiting and gossiping about each other. Whoa. You know why? Well, he's going to answer that. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. My brethren, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. Indeed, we count them blessed who endure. You have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. If you're here this morning or watching online, and you're really struggling and going through a very difficult and painful trial, I want to encourage you. With those who went before us, like Job in particular, who said, Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. He said to his wife, who told him to curse God and get it over with and die, he said to her, Shall we only accept good from the Lord and not bad? Yeah, but you say, Pastor, I I don't know how much longer I can hang on. I'm hanging on by a thread. I just don't know how I'm going to get through this or endure, endure this. I want to encourage you, because the endurance is found in the very trial that you're going through. I wish there was another way, but you need that strength and that endurance to get through what you're going through. Guess what? You get that endurance and strength by going through what you're going through. There's no other way. 
The only way for you and I to get through those painful trials in our life and endure them to the end is by going through them. And key word, through. You know what my uh, favorite words in all of the Bible are? It came to pass. It didn't come to stay. It came to pass. You're going to get through it. Oh, but I want God to get me out of it. No. Here's the thing. If He gets you out of it, you're going to have to retake the test. Oh, I hated retaking tests. I took a lot of tests a lot of times when I was in school. I want to pass the test. I want to get through it and endure it because the endurance that I need to get through what I go through is found in the very thing that I'm going through. You're going to get through it. You're going to make it. I know it doesn't seem like it. I know the situation seems perilous and hopeless and you're helpless, but God. Remember that from Philippians? Where where do you place your B-U-T? Secondly, be encouraged. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 14 through 18, my favorite passage in all the Bible. I know I say that about every one of them, but this one in particular, the Apostle Paul writing to the church who thought they missed the rapture. They were so discouraged, even in despair, because of their loved ones who died in Christ. They thought, what's going to happen to them? So Paul says to them, For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in Him, speaking of death. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep in death. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, And the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be, two words, caught up. In the original language of the Greek New Testament, it's the Greek word harpazo. In the Latin, it's the word rapturus which transliterated is where we get the English word rapture. So the next time somebody says to you, the word rapture isn't even in the Bible. I'm sorry. (laughs) I need to stop doing that. I'm sorry, Lord. You need to buy a Latin Bible and then just show them the Latin word because it's in there. In the English, it takes two words to translate, and it still doesn't really capture it, no pun intended. But it it carries with it the idea of of snatched away, caught up with great force. That's what it means. And I I I like the Latin word better than the Greek word. You know, harpazo sounds kind of slow. Harpazo. Whereas rapture, ha, rapture. That's just so much faster. I, I I'll stick with rapture over harpazo. Just a personal preference. 
but I digress. <laughs> we who are still alive and are left will be caught up, raptured up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. I've heard it said this way, when you have this to look forward to, it makes whatever you're going through easier to get through. Be encouraged. That trumpet's going to sound. No more rent. No more traffic. No more cockroaches. No, that, that alone, that alone, I'm telling you right there. Not to mention no more sorrow, no more pain, no more suffering, no more death, no more death. Lastly, be godly. This is the example of the early church. This was the response of the early church in the face of unthinkable evil evil that by any stretch of the imagination would be incomparable to that which we encounter today, even in Hawaii, especially in Hawaii. Listen to what Peter says in his second epistle, chapter 3, verses 10 through 12. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. Now he asks this question. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? Another translation renders it, how then ought you to live your life in light of this? Knowing this? He answers it. You ought to live holy and godly lives, as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming, that day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire, and the elements will melt in the heat. How do I say this without... Please don't misunderstand my heart when I say this. We need to let our light shine in a world that is getting darker by the minute. John says that the one who has this hope purifies himself. In other words, they get serious about the things of God. This to me is the number one impact, for lack of a better way of saying it, that teaching and studying Bible prophecy has on the life of a Christian. It has this effect of waking us up to where we get serious about the things of God and the return of the Lord. We stop playing around, if I can say it that way. We get serious. We stop playing church. We stop playing around with the things of this world which are passing away. And we get serious about the soon return of the Lord. You know the people that I find that have the most impact in furthering the kingdom of God 
are those that are watching for the Lord's return at any minute. It creates an urgency, doesn't it? Here's the bottom line. Christ's return for His bride is at the door. And it's our only hope, not just our blessed hope, as Peter says. It's our only hope for salvation and redemption. And this is why we do these weekly prophecy updates. And it's also why we do these ABCs of salvation. And if you'll just give me a couple more minutes. I know I'm preaching to the choir and many here today are already saved. But you never know when the Lord might bring somebody into your path for you to share the simple childlike way to be saved with the ABCs of salvation. See, the ABCs of salvation really is the bad news first, and then after we understand the bad news, we are presented with the good news of salvation found in the person of Jesus Christ. That's what the ABCs are. The A is for admit or acknowledge that you're a sinner, that you are in need of the Savior. This is Romans 3.10. It says, there is no one righteous, not even one. No one is good. We might be good, but we can never be good enough. And Romans 3.23 tells us why. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 is this, again, packaging of the bad news first with the good news. The bad news is, is that the wages of sin is death. It's the death penalty. That's the bad news. Now here's the good news. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, You are saved, I am saved by grace through faith. It is not of works. It's the gift of God lest any of us should ever try to boast as if we somehow had earned it. The only thing we've earned is death, eternally separated from God for all eternity. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The B is for believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, and that God raised Him from the dead. This is Romans 10, 9 and 10. It says, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. (laughs) The verdict's in. The jury's not out. It's not, you might, you could, you should. No, you will, will be saved. And then lastly, the C. It's for call upon the name of the Lord. Or as Romans 10, 9 and 10 also says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will, here it is again, you will be saved. And we're going to see it one more time in Romans 10, 13. 
all, all. I'm an all. Are you an all? All means, I know this is deeply profound, all. All who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. It's that simple. You might think it's too simple. I don't. I am so glad that 37 years ago it was this simple. Because if it wasn't this simple, I don't know if I would have been saved. It had to be simple for me. It had to be childlike simple. Jesus said, unless you become like a little child, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. I implore you, if you're here today or watching online, and you've never called upon the name of the Lord, I, I want to say with all due respect, and I, I do need to ask this question, and maybe for somebody here today. Um, when you see what's happening in the world, and how the world is waxing more and more evil, seemingly with each passing hour. This is a sincere question. Why would anyone want to delay making the most important decision of your life for eternal life? You know, tomorrow's not promised. Just give me one more minute here. Maybe this is for somebody here today or watching online. Tomorrow's not promised. You have no idea. Life is but a vapor, James says. You know how many people, I've shared this in the past, I'll just, maybe this is again for somebody here. I had the occasion many years ago when I was a very young believer, I volunteered at a boy's home, and I shared the gospel with this young, just this, so he was so cool, this uh, African-American uh, teenager, uh, 14 years of age, I think, 13 or 14. And just the Lord really impressed it heavily upon my heart that I was to share the gospel with him and invite him to make the most important decision of his life. And I did. And I asked him, I said, if you were to die today, do you know for sure that you would go to heaven? He said, no, I don't. I said, do you want to be sure? You can. You can know, John says, that you have eternal life. And he said, yes. And he prayed with me that day and was born again by the Spirit of God. I could not have known, nor could he have known, that that week they would take a field trip as a boy's home and he would go swimming, and he would drown. You never know. Please don't write me off or blow me off as being morbid. I'm speaking the truth to you as God is my witness. We don't know. This is to be taken seriously. Do not delay. This is the most important decision you will ever make in your life. Thanks for joining us for this special edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kariohe. Now, it's so important that you hear the purpose behind these prophecy updates that Pastor J.D. shares. 
The purpose is to see people just like you come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. When you're right with the Lord, you'll be ready for the Lord and His soon return. You can do this by first admitting you're a sinner, that you've broken God's perfect law. Second, you need to confess that there's nothing you can do to fix this. You can't attend church enough, you can't pray enough or give enough money. There's nothing you can do to atone for your sins. Third, you must realize that there is someone who can. His name is Jesus Christ, and He is the Savior of the world. He gave His own life so that you wouldn't have to experience the penalty for your sins, which is death. Please, if you're listening today, receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and escape the realities of the prophecies that are being fulfilled all around you. For more information about what it means to be born again into the kingdom of God, log on to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and select the New Believers option. Again, that web address is InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Now, in the next edition of In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. will be teaching through God's Word just like he does Monday through Thursday. And then don't forget to join us next Friday and Saturday for another timely prophecy update. Until then, may God bless you and keep you in His love.